episode 246, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 5, episode 13, Principia. Welcome to level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. Because you know what? I'm here and it is time. And do you know what time it is, Samantha Stewart? Tool time? No. Hammer time. It's hammer time. <laughs> it is hammer time. Yeah. Okay. I got my parachute pants. I'm wearing a jacket <laughs> with no shirt. The jacket's hey, buttoned, but it's only buttoned under my belly button. And I am hey, scooting across the stage <laughs> like there's no you tomorrow. Are- you are too legit, too <laughs> legit to quit. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> yes. I have the Adams Family, his version of the Adams Family theme um, in my head now. Yeah. So the Adams Family, well, yeah. Oh yeah. man, As well you should all the time, guys. We, yes, guys. St- wait, we, we, just, we just need to stop. I don't know if we're gonna be able to do this. I think we just need to pray. We got to pray, <laughs> pray, <laughs> pray, pray. We got to pray if we're gonna make it today. If we're gonna make it, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, hammer time! I think that's I think that's all the MC Hammer references I got in my head. So I think we should be good for right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, because was MC Hammer was he Ninja Turtles? Oh no, it was both no, MC Hammer I'm, and Vanilla Ice. They both did it, didn't they? Did they? I think they I thought did. it was just I thought it was just Vanilla Ice. Oh. That's no, a, it's Vanilla Ice. I thought Hammer did the one and Vanilla Ice did the other. And Vanilla Ice actually appeared in the movie, but Hammer yeah. didn't. I don't know. I don't know. It's all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. A Google search said that uh, he does the TN. Uh, this is what we do from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So you must be right. That sounds like I am. Because, okay. as you have already said, I am too legit, too legit too to quit. Legit yeah. quit. <laughs> uh, hey, hey. We, we got to get away from this if we're going to actually gonna talk happen. about this episode. Because <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> so, yes, it is time for Welcome to Level 7. That means it's time for us to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and another episode of that show. But first, before we do that, we need to talk about some news. So... You know what time it is? Yeah, it's it's hammer time. Really, we're gonna do hammer time it, again? Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's hammer time. <laughs> is it news time? No, it's hammer time. Okay, hammer time. <laughs> Shield intelligence report. All right, we got two things for the news. One thing I just want it to be really short, and that is there was a Infinity War trailer. Super awesome trailer. If you haven't watched it really no one listening to this has not not watched it but if you haven't google it you'll no, find I, it it'll know, be awesome i know a friend who has a one trailer rule well he'll only watch one no trailer way. yeah yep and yeah. and um he was considering breaking that rule for this trailer but i don't know <laughs> if he actually did but yeah lots of superheroes lots of oh. action stuff lots of bad guy looking things and lots of yelling so 
So also and a couple jokes. Line, yeah. In that line, uh, tickets are on sale. So if you are a Fandango person to buy tickets or wherever you buy your tickets, tickets are on sale. Tickets on sale now. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of us are going to have to do some finagling to make that movie happen. But we're going to make that movie I, happen. Well, you two. <laughs> no no finagling for you, yeah. Samantha? Um, so far... Well, I do. I am a little bit busy that weekend, but I I, I can make it work easily. Okay. I, I yeah, I'm gonna have to jump through some major hoops to make that movie happen. So the other news item, tell us about it. One of you. <laughs> this was pretty awesome. In uh, the MCU Exchange dot com had a uh, interview, I guess, with Jeff Loeb, who's the head of the TV division of the MCU. And and in it, Jeff Loeb hints that, um, he says, it's certainly something we will get resolved, and it may get resolved in a very surprising way. So what is this thing that he is saying might get resolved? I was segueing there, Ben. I should (laughs) have shut up. Yeah, no, what he's talking about is Coulson, Looking back up with the Avengers, the Avengers realizing that Coulson is alive. Um, I doubt anything big going to happen. We're not going to see Cap on the show. But what's interesting about this is Jeff Loeb is thinking about it. It's actually in his brain. That's important because that means something is going to happen. It hasn't just been forgotten. Yeah, cool. that that is yeah. a good thing. Yeah. That is a very good thing. I mean, really, this it tells us nothing more than that. It doesn't tell us that he's going to be in Infinity War. It doesn't tell us that Cap's going to show up on TV. It doesn't tell us anything. All it says is that Jeff Loeb is going, you know what? I haven't forgot about it. I got you. That's what it says. Cool. That's, yeah. And I say, we'll believe it when we see it. But, yeah. But we might see it. <laughs> what I say is, yeah, Je- Ben, yes. we actually will probably <laughs> see it. Yes. It's okay. You can, yes. you can be not Eeyore for this moment. It's fine. I okay. think it's going to happen. If it's for five seconds, it will happen. Well, I don't think you could make it for five seconds. I think if you're going to do no. it, it has to be done. <laughs> it has to be done in a way way that feels complete especially if they're looking at season five of shield to be the end of shield which makes sense going into you know infinity war being the end of the you know the the restructuring of the mcu blah 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 blah. so i would imagine that it's going to be something can i i I don't know can i tell you what i expect it to be if if it's this is as big as it could possibly get for me is that we would have a cameo from one of the movie stars on the final episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But not one of the big ones. No, it, it would be one of the big ones. Chris Evans. I would be, so you're thinking it would be Cap. Yeah, Captain America, cameo, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., recognizing that Coulson is alive and appreciating what Coulson has done for them. And then Coulson dies. Well... <laughs> That's, I, I mean, honestly, that's about as big as it could get. Uh, well, it's not. I mean, Coulson on the movies would be bigger to me. 
And maybe, maybe technically speaking, it's not bigger because it's a lower priced guy going onto a big budget thing. And this would be a higher priced guy coming onto a small budget thing. But, um, I, I think Coulson in the movies would be bigger because he get to see like everybody. But I think we're one of the movie stars. And when I say movie stars, I don't mean Ant-Man. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and it, Dr. Strange wouldn't make sense like, anyway, but it's going to be Luis. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fun that'd be fun he, he'd hey, have no idea who guy. he's talking to but you're right I, um I, I just i just uh, wish we would have had a chance to see and maybe it will happen but i, I think it'd be really awesome to have spider-man actually meet colson you know and have oh because that's how just yeah. because, have, in the, because in the in the the amazing spider-man show he did right mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't colson in that for a while yeah colson was the shield representative who was acting as principal of mm-hmm. of spider-man's school and i i think that would be cool to have colson as this old guard hero guy you know who appreciated and loved heroes kind of meeting this this brand new uh hero and and giving him a couple words of advice or something like that and then he goes back to the he goes back to the movies and says hey remember i met this guy he was really old <laughs> <laughs> he was really old and really cool. Yeah. Uh, and kind of square. And then he Tony Stark would be, nah, hand. he's dead. Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we, we got that's yeah, let's do this. Okay, let's do the episode. We, one oh. more quick geek out if you want. I'm I'm opening up for that, but we do need to move okay. on. So Okay. Well, it, I'm thinking okay. So what if Cap does not make it through Infinity War? Colson dies and he goes through the big light. And who does he see? Not only Cap, but Agent Carter. Hmm. That would be fun. That that would be a really good way for me to to tie it all up. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, only one God, ma'am, and and he's not it. <laughs> oh, and hey, there he is over there. Wait. Oh, what does this mean, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Peggy. Oh, this isn't okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let's yeah. talk about the episode. Let's oh, do it. Oh, 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 I have one more news thing. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> Very quick. Very quick. Okay. AMC Theaters, the movie theaters, on April 25th will start a 31-hour marathon oh, of yeah. all 18 MCU movies <laughs> from Iron Man to Black Panther. Go see it if you can. If not, that's okay. No, don't do it. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you why. <laughs> I sat through 12 hours of Lord of the Rings, and it was awesome. But that theater stunk <laughs> at the end. All right? It was – it smelled so bad. And it was it, – it was mm, – no. What? How did you – okay, so what What did you oh eat? Did, was it just popcorn and soda? No, no, no. We, we watched uh, the first movie. We had a break, and we actually left the theater, went and ate, and then came back. Um, oh, no, no, no. That's not how it worked. We ate first. Then we went into the theater. But between um, Two Towers and, and Return of the King, the theater brought in uh, Papa John's Pizza. Yeah, that'd like be – I mean, like, how are they going to – Papa John Pizzas. And it was – I'm just thinking about these poor AMC theater attendants who are going to have like, they'll, you know, they'll get a lanyard. Like it, they'll, <laughs> there will be a way to know how, you know, who is who and if they should be in there or not. And it'll be something like a lanyard that you can't copy. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, but just fair warning. I mean, you are going to be in a place with a lot of people <laughs> who let's, let's be fair. Not all of them are going to have showered, but even if they all did shower <laughs> before this thing started, you're, you're sitting <laughs> through a long period of time with these people. You're, it's, it's better than a day. It's a day and a half. Yeah. Now, here's what's going to happen, though. People will leave for the movies they don't care about. They will sleep through the movies they don't care about. Um, You're going to hear a lot of snores in Thor The Dark World and Ultron. I'm not joking. Yeah, well, and part of that would just be, you know, also what movie's happening at midnight. Of, right. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, good. We've talked about that. But now you know what time it is? Hammer time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's time for us to talk about the episode. Mission report. Okay, so this episode has two basic things going on that are related but unrelated. And the short one is the easy one, and it was a guest star I was not expecting. We get a familiar name from the movies. Right. Wolfgang von Strucker. Uh, he – who expected this guy to come back? I, I completely forgot about him. To be honest, I did too. <laughs> I haven't thought about him in about a year, maybe, maybe longer than that. And it was interesting because they talked about how, you know, they talked about his father's experiments. And, and so we're getting, we're getting uh, callbacks to the movies, but then we're mm -hmm. also getting callbacks to, you know, earlier in, in the series. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, and because he was there, we got a callback to Ward. They talk about Ward. Um, and what Ward did to him, they talk about, um, a history that he has with his father and how his father and general Hale had, uh, common interests. Um, and so he, he also knew Ruby, the, the new character from last episode. And yeah, uh, this was a complete surprise to me. Complete surprise. But he's not going by, was it Warner Von Strucker or Wolfgang? Oh, is it who is Wolfgang the father? I'm not Werner, because sure. they kept calling it, yes, Werner. Uh, Werner. Yeah. Um, but now he's going by, by Alex Braun, which is a heck of a lot easier for us Americans to pronounce. <laughs> um, I like just calling him Von Strucker or Von Strucker yeah. Jr., maybe. But um, yeah, uh, complete surprise, though. And it actually took I mean, me a moment to realize, who is, oh, wait a minute. And then it was. It took me a moment to remember, like, what happened to this guy? Mm-hmm. What took me time to remember was that I had to go, who is this kid? Who, huh? Wikipedia. Oh, that kid. <laughs> the oh. kid from the movie Gladiator, who is now all grown up. Oh, I did not. With the big brown eyes. Yeah. He's Russell Crowe? No. No, no. The he's, kid. he's the, um, he's the, uh, the, uh, uh Caesar's kid or uh, the emperor's, uh, not, not the emperor's kid, the emperor's nephew. Oh. Uh -huh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are seeing consequences happen in this episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is the book. I mean, even with the gravitonium, right? Yeah. There's, there's this episode. There's some really interesting writing things going on here. And one of the interesting writing things going on here is consequences. There's, there's callbacks. And then there's also the idea that you have two people who experience Tahiti talking about their memories of the process and not wanting to repeat the memories of the process. One of them being Colson, who doesn't want to go through the Tahiti process again because it, 
it was bad. And he, and the other one being this guy who they used Tahiti and the Tahiti mind probe to like find out information. And uh, I think Lincoln was involved too, right? Lightning powers and stuff. But anyway, um, that feels like 10 years ago. It does. It feels like so long ago and it's hard to remember these things, but yeah, this is, this is the show saying, Hey, if we wrap things up, we're going to wrap things up with, with, all these loose ends and this is a loose end that I didn't even remember, but this guy's in a bad space. Yeah. You know, I couldn't remember him, but he remembered me because he remembers everything and he wants to be drugged to forget, or he wants to be killed to, to forget, you know? And so he attacks his therapist because that's going to force them to drug him. And instead he wakes up in a cell and it's an open cell and he, he finds some food in the cafeteria, but he also meets Ruby and it turns out general Hale wants him for some information that he can't forget. Uh, but he also can't forget every single moment of his life. That was really unpleasant. Like the beatings from his father and the pain of the Tahiti machine. And also he remembers uh, that Ruby had a scar from when they were kids and he was watching her and she hit her head on the counter and she was bleeding and he got beat. And so he has a, that, that history with Ruby as children, but Hale says you can leave anytime he wants. And Ruby then is asked by Hale to make him stay through whatever means necessary. And the means she chooses to use, there's a little bit of the feminine wiles kind of thing, but she also uses the truth and says, mom can't do this. We're going to take over. And, you know, the future belongs to the young kind of thing. And when her mother asks her, what did you say to him? She just simply says, I told him the truth. And that was our tag, which, yeah, the first tags go, whatever. But, um, yeah. So that's Von Strucker. That's Alex Braun, whatever his name is. He's a coffee maker. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I... I what to me again what was really interesting about that was not necessarily the whole story behind it but was the fact that they chose to bring back this kid um who seemingly i thought we had sort of wrapped up his story but you know he's out there he's walking the world just like kane or deathlock (laughs) yeah or deathlock (laughs) (laughs) i doubt he's doing good though like i doubt he's like trying to you know help got help people like uh you know, Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, no, he, he wasn't, but he wasn't really walking the world. I mean, he was in a situation where there were armed guards and, and he's going through this therapy and they're going to give him what, I don't remember what the, the drug was that we're going to give him. It was like Thorazine or something like that. That sounds Thorazine. Thorazine. Yeah. Very, very intense psycho and antipsychotic. And he wants it because it's yeah. going to help dim the memories that he does not want to remember. And, uh, it's it's interesting too, though, because this is a consequence. You know, this is something that they did in the past that uh, they're going to have to answer for. And the he has kind of a super memory now because of what happened to him. And that's, you know, I I I have to say I really like this bit. Like this mm-hmm. whole thing was a surprise to me, and I wasn't expecting it. And it wasn't like none of us were saying. But what about 
him. Right. And right. he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. But not. So here he is. Mm. Um, anything else about uh, Von Strucker or, or Ruby? Uh, or Hale? No. I so, mean, I like where they're go- I like that they're sort of building uh, Hale up to be just about as evil as you can possibly be. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's she's making her daughter go do things that are not cool. Um, the girl that the actress that plays Ruby, she is uh, until now she's known for being a like a children's or teenager uh, Disney, Disney Channel, star. yeah. Yeah. Isn't uh, she in the in 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 Descendants as Mal the bad girl i don't know what she is okay just go ahead samantha <laughs> well it was just a little i i've never seen her any anything else before but uh knowing what she uh has been in before it was a little un, uh, unnerving to see her uh try to basically come on to um to alex to try to convince him to come over to her side or her mother's side or whoever side that she is currently on. Yeah. Which is still questionable at this point. Yeah. I, I still feel like she's on her side. She's on her own side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause she's still sort of in that rebellious stage. So that would make <laughs> the most sense. But right now she's, she's trying to work for her mother to see what, can come out of it for herself, I think. Yeah. 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 All right. So that is that part of the episode. The other part of the episode is the shield team. And again, this is pretty, pretty straightforward and there's some fun bits and there's some exciting bits. Uh, basically it comes down to, they've got a mission. They got to find stuff and how are they going to find it? And so we've got Deke and Grandpa. And Deke <laughs> keeps trying to get attention from the grown-ups as the grown-ups are all looking for the gravitonium. And they need gravitonium to fix the fear dimension rip. And eventually he bugs Fitz so much that Fix Fitz actually decides to play catch with him. <laughs> and so you have him uh, first of all find <laughs> Uh, a baseball mitt and a baseball and the baseball mitt. He's like, are people's hands this big? You know, but um, eventually uh, Fitz is pulled away from the catch, the game of catch when there's a fear dimension alert. And then while Deke finds Twinkies, the thing from the fear dimension that comes through is Deke's mother and a Cree that kills her. But the Cree does not kill her before she gives Deke some advice that he's heard before and he's also going to hear repeated in this episode when he overhears Simmons taking care of Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo is meanwhile losing faith that they can change things because things are happening just the way she saw they would from her conversation that she had with herself from the future. And she's feeling down about this and rightfully so. I think things are not looking good as far as she is concerned. Uh, Colson and Mac both, however, promise Yo-Yo that they're going to get her some new arms. And Colson tries to, you know, make her feel good about the coolness of having that, you know, robot hand. 
but he he has to admit he doesn't feel anything. Um, Mac has an awkward exchange um, because he talks about how the robot arms are not the things that matter. Um, it, it's fun. It's awkward. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. But um, they promise new arms to her, and they're going to kill two birds with one stone because both the Gravitonium and Deathlock tech come from Cybertech. They need the Gravitonium to seal up the fear dimension. They need the Deathlock tech to fix, uh, create arms for uh, for Yo-Yo. So they go and they find Candyman, Jake Busey. What? I, that's <laughs> not really him, is it? I think it's him. I think that's Shasta it's, McNasty it himself. Is, it is Jake Busey. It's um, Gary no. Busey's son. Yeah. No, I yeah. know who Jake Busey is. Yeah. No, that's not him. That's it him. It is. Yes, it is. It is. Acting right. and looking so much cooler than I would ever have expected. Well, but, okay. So the oh, fact he's that always not, been cool. Come on. Oh, I do not fact, agree. Oh. The fact that he's not creepy McCreeperson means that I uh, agree with Ben. Is <laughs> Shasta, Shasta McNasty right? Like he sure that's something that was that his TV was show that he had. That right. Yeah, it was that terrible. Was it was it was awful in pretty much every way possible. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, I've never seen that. And I'm yeah. it sounds like I'm I, I am blessed for never have seen No way. <laughs> that is Jake Busey. That is Jake Busey. Oh my god. See, I remember him from um contact and when he was such a creepy creeperson in contact. Oh yeah. See, and I think he's shaved. cool because he, he I, I in, think he's cool because he does creepy so well. He he was in contact? Yeah. Yeah. So you remember, okay. So contact the, the guy who blew up the first thing, right? Was him. Huh. Who blew up the first machine was him. Okay. And it was a very short little thing, but it stuck in my head. Well, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> congratulations, Jake Busey. You made us like you in, in this. I mean, this is, yeah. <laughs> you know, slow clap for Jake Busey. <laughs> Oh, for you guys. Yeah. I've always yes. liked Jake Busey. Okay. <laughs> I have. I am a big fan of this really cheesy movie from 1994 called PCU. Mm, and he yeah. played Mersh. He did play Mersh. He played Mersh. Opposite. Oh, gosh. His name has gone out of my head. John Favreau. Yes. <laughs> Who I will forever. This is a. Oh, we're just going down a hole. Uh, as fat Robert Downey Jr. as the Comedy Central spot <laughs> talked about him. All right. Well. Okay. All right. Let's not. Let's okay. not talk about Jake Busey. But he. That was Jake Busey. That oh, was. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and actually using him was a, kind of a stroke of genius because this conversation. Like he looks like kind of someone that we recognize. I, I know that guy mm -hmm. from somewhere. And that's kind of a good reaction to have for this character. Uh, he was helping hide former Hydra, Hydra scientists. And he also was a classmate of Max. And they have uh, a history. There's Candyman and, and Mac Hammer, you know. And he gives them information that they need to find Gravitonium. He actually goes with them to get this Gravitonium when, when it's time to go. Uh, but it's Deke who comes up with the idea for how they should find Gravitonium. 
and that's that this Gravitonian was on a boat that was lost at sea during a storm. And he decides, wait a minute, we should be looking for this not under the sea, but over the under sea. Under the sea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys uh, got to it before me. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> they should be looking for it over the sea because of Gravitonium. So they find a floating boat. Within within the boat is magical gravitonium and robots, and they fight the robots as they run away with the gravitonium. And Mac gets a plan; he takes on the robots single handedly while the others escape, and they return with gravitonium and a robot that they're going to use for arms. And I'm not going to lie; I teared up at that moment when he drops the robot in front of Yoya, <laughs> Yoyo. I I really did. Like I the lump in my throat. The leakage of the eyes, I, it was a moment. It was a moment. So. It was so sweet. It was. Oh. Yeah. He so, brought her a, a fake, a fake, you know, a dead robot. Oh, isn't that so sweet? It was a lot like a, a cat bringing, <laughs> a cat bringing a robin up to the doorstep for you. Like, here you are, master. This is my offering to you. But no, it it was a really nice moment, and yeah. um, th- that would rank up there. Like if we were to sit down and if we could remember everything, you know, try and remember the ten best moments of Agents of Shield, I would probably put that up there in my in my ten ten best moments of Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So let's talk about Deke and Grandpa and Grandma. <laughs> Uh, this, this suggests to me that it's not, uh, great grandpa and great grandma. Like we were talking about last time. Oh, that just throws the timeline off for me and it just doesn't make sense for me, but okay. I'll just, I'll pretend I'll go with it. and, And I think it's not so much the logic behind it is as much as it is the, um, just the, it's cleaner this way. He has a vision of his mother and that vision of his mother is technically Simmons' daughter, you know? And yeah. I, I, it's just cleaner storytelling. Not necessarily more logical storytelling, but I, I feel like it's a cleaner situation. I feel like somebody in the writer's room does not know how to do math. <laughs> Fair enough. That may be true. Fair enough. Yeah. But maybe they had children late in life. And and maybe their, their child had Deke late in life. Maybe. Wow. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe we so, won't see. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Uh, or maybe it doesn't matter. That's what I tried to say. Not that it didn't matter, Samantha. Um, okay. What? Did, so have we ever heard Simmons say that phrase before? I'm going to go with probably no. That's my biggest problem with this, with that part, is that it's, I mean, I don't know that there's a phrase that she said all the time or whatever, and it totally works, but... I would have loved it to be something that she is she's built in a catchphrase, you know, that we have come to grow for five years. You can't really go back in time to do that, but no. built in a catchphrase that's come to grow for five years. And then that's what she says when, you know, but I, I understand it. I just didn't like it. It's easy advice, though. Like that's yeah, that's something that, you know, it fits the situation with yo-yo but it would also fit the situation with um you know a, a kid oh, like, who falls off her bike or, or like i totally found myself 
you're jotting that down going, that's really good advice. I should make a gif out of that. Yeah. It is good advice. Yeah. Or um, maybe we haven't really seen Simmons do a lot of doctoring, even though she is a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in that timeline, that loop timeline, um, after the earth is broken up, she's one of the few actual medical doctors with training. And that is something that she has said to other people over and over and over again to encourage them. Yeah. Yeah. So that may be one of her doctoring phrases and we just haven't really seen her in that kind of position enough. And she's still fairly young, right? Maybe she adopted this catchphrase like this this first time. Maybe maybe what Deke saw was like this is the first time she's ever used the catchphrase. It's the origin story for his mother's catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, I, I'll I'll agree to that. Okay. Uh, so I I just find the dynamic between him and Fitz to be. <sighs> It, it it skirted the line for me over into cheesy. It didn't get there, but it was skirting the line. It was funny, but if they had gone much further with it, I I wouldn't have found it as funny. Uh, but it, it was funny. The whole, I mean, basically he's, he's annoying his grandpa, you know, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> but his grandpa doesn't know he's the grandpa. And well, it, it's, it's borderline funny and cheesy and, really sad at the same time because in this moment Fitz doesn't realize it, but he's turned into his father. I think. I think he's just irritated with this guy. And if he knew the relationship, he'd probably still be irritated, but I, I don't, I I think he'd be very excited if he knew. I I don't think he's, he's become his father though. Mm -hmm. He's trying to do a job and there is a full grown man acting like a child uh, who just wants to experience the world, you know? And so it's not like, it's not like he is, has become a child, but it's close. And he's this full grown man acting like a child and just interrupting his work. And his work is to save the world. Like there's, there's pretty high stakes here. Yeah. I just wish, I wish, just wish that they had played it more. That what Fitz was doing was important as opposed to um, Deke's behaving like a child who's annoying his grandfather. I just, I just didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the writing, which is why it did borderline on the, on the cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys catch that one shot where they were both, they were both standing the same way with their hands sort of like on their back haunches? Yeah, yeah. No. He 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 was I taking on that. the fits the fits position. Yeah, the fits pose. <laughs> it was pretty like that was a I mean it was a necessary I don't know if it was necessary, but it was a funny trope that you've seen a thousand times, but it worked. But in this situation this is, this is what you were asking for though, Stuart, because Fitz has sta- has stood Absolutely. like that since the beginning of the show. Absolutely. And, and I'll and yeah. yes. So it's, it's, you know, Simmons doesn't have a catchphrase from the beginning of the show, but yeah, Fitz nailed it for you. Now I want to go back through earlier this season and see if uh, Deke has done that. That would be interesting because I do wonder, this is one of those things that I just always wonder Mm -hmm. how long 
ago did they figure out that that's who this guy was? When they started the season and were writing the beginning of the season, did they know or was this a later edition where they said to themselves, you know what? What if? And for a situation like this, it's more likely that they did know. But I, I always do wonder, when did this happen? At what I point? just have a feeling that it's as far back as um, last day with um, Robin. That episode where we see Robin die. I think it's as far back as that. I think it's as far back as, as episode one of the season. I can believe that. Uh, because uh, what, that's a cool thing from the season is this is you know, he's one of the first things we see is is low rent tv star lord and yeah but he comes out there and he's like this really cool smooth con guy you know and then here he's dennis the menace like like, hey mr wilson he's a really cool con guy who can put really cool stuff together himself without being taught yeah which much like fits yeah Yeah, he's He's a pretty smart con guy for sure. I think before the end of this, we are going to see them realize who he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some sort of, he's going to get shot or something and he's going to need blood. They're going to have to all talk, you know, (laughs) does your blood match? Oh, wait a second. My blood matches. And he's a, you know, offspring of ours. What? If that happens, I get a no prize. I'm just saying. If that happens, I, I am not one. going to be happy because I think I think Deke's going to actually tell them, and and maybe the next episode. I think I'm your grandson. Yeah, it, it's going to come out. Oh, because he knows now. Yeah, yeah. He basically knows now. Yeah. Can we talk about the other lamp? The other lampshade they hung. Sure. What is it? So at the end, when they're talking about hyphenating their name. That was really funny. <laughs> and they, it turns out to be Simmons. Or they go, yeah, but I don't think Simmons Fitz works. That was the best. Yeah. Because oh, come on. As, well, as fans, we've called them Fitzsimmons. Right. right from day one. Not as fans. That was that was from the original. That's like, canon. That's, well, that's episode one. That's that's before episode one. That's that's pre-release press stuff. Oh, they okay. introduced the characters to us as Fitzsimmons when yes, they were they did, going through they? like who who's on the cast. Well, we have Ward, we have May, we have not Daisy, <laughs> we Sky, have Sky. We have Fitzsimmons. Like they were Fitzsimmons in press materials before the show, yeah. and like and Coulson called them Fitzsimmons and all that. So yeah. Uh, but still, that's still really funny that they said, no, Simmons Fitz doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I did find it funny when they said something about, will we ever get used to it? And I, <laughs> and they're like, we'll never get used to it. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, you will. And in fact, you're going to hit a, <laughs> and, and that's not a, it's, it's, it could be a bad thing, but um, you're going to hit a point where you don't even remember being single, you know, because that's, and, and that's what happens is, you know, uh, I remember before we had kids, we hit a point where I was just like, I don't even remember what it was like before I was married. And then once we started having children, I was, I don't even remember what it was like before we had kids. Like this, this is, this part of my life has gone on and it just feels like it's been the only life that I've lived. 
And it's. I remember being a little kid and then being married with children. I don't remember the time in between. <laughs> in between was fun. I don't remember it much, though. <laughs> and, and I shouldn't say I don't remember. I mean, I have memories of it, but you just right. feel like this is this is right and natural. And um, well, what, you, what happened before might, was just so different. It was a different life. One might call it, and, and Ben, I think you might have heard this phrasing before. One might call it the new normal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like that phrase. We should We should use that. We should. It's a good phrase. A regular it's conversation. Yeah, I wish we had. I wish we'd established that as a catchphrase <laughs> earlier on. Oh, actually, we we did. But um, never yeah. mind. Uh, yeah. So that, that was just one of those things where I, I do find it interesting, and I've had opportunity to to work with young couples and and to give some advice and stuff, and um, you know, talk about things. And it's it's that's one of the things I would have said to them is like, yeah, you guys, you, you're gonna have a, have a moment where you're gonna think about this question and, and you're like, yeah, we did get used to it. And, yeah. and, and, and just so it's been said, that's the best thing. That's the best thing is when you get to, when you get to that point, you're like, Oh, you look at, you look at the person you've been married to for 20 years and you're like, okay, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> I finally know what I'm doing. Actually, that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't get their hopes up, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you feel like you know what you're doing, you need to take a real hard look and say, what What am I missing here now? <laughs> because once you get that point where you know everything, you don't know anything. Especially with kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Marriage and family advice is now done. And that's partially because I just can't <laughs> leave work behind. Uh you should you should learn to leave work behind. I, sh- I should. Personal development nice. I should. Advice is now done. Okay. 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 So we've talked about Deke and Grandpa and and Grandma. Anywhere? Anything else there before we move on to some of the other things that are going on here? No. Oh. No, I'm good. Okay. All right. So, um, should we talk about the other big relationship, Yo-Yo and Mac? Yes. Yeah. That was sweet. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the robot. I'm talking about what he said about <laughs> the the thing that he said about his his greatest fear uh later on in the episode, you know, robots are one of his greatest fears and here he he's he's looking at his his lady love and she's like I'm going to have robot arms, you know, like how do you feel about that? And he's like well, that's not what scares me about robots. You know, it's you've got soul, you've got a spirit, you know, and I I love that about you. <sighs> And and robots don't. <laughs> so, it, does she have the soul stone? No, no, Stuart. Okay. Stuart, you've got a Colson. You, you got to climb off your your Tigger branch here, man. <laughs> you you're gonna get Piglet stuck up on that branch, and then everyone from the 100 Acre Wood is gonna Look, have to like get a coat and spread it out like a trampoline, and it's I'm not gonna, gonna be a good good situation. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go into the theater. I'm going to have my big jar of honey and I'm just going to eat out of my honey pot. Now I'm pooing. Oh, wait, I just said that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, Great. yeah, man. No. <laughs> anyway, she, it was a sweet moment and, and she acknowledged it and that was good of her. Um, she also seemed to be in better spirits toward the end of the episode, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe she actually wasn't, but she's got someone 
who has her best interest at heart. He wants to help her. He wants to take care of her. And that is a wonderful example of a loving couple. Yeah. Um, Something to strive for. And I'm not saying don't look for that. I'm saying be that. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this right now and you have a special someone, you need to be the Mac of your relationship. Got it? You need to, Heck you yes. need to, got it. You need to stop a robot, yes. drag it to your significant other, and use it for their arms. You need That's to what you fight. Need to do. Yes, you need to fight robots by yourself with your axe gun. And, <laughs> and then you need to bring one of those mm-hmm. dead robots to your special someone and whatever your metaphorical dead robot is, you drop it in front of her feet or his feet and you just show that person how much you love them. And if you have a Jake Busey, they can be by your side, but only if you have a Jake Busey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you can leave the Jake Busey out. I I don't care about that, but it's also good to have a Jake Busey in your life too. Yeah. You know, I thought that uh, Act 1, Scene 1, right after the title card, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, anyone who has ever been really sick or taking care of someone who is really sick has been through this experience of everyone is fussing over the really sick person. And then somebody who has been down that road before with a, with a similar or same sickness comes in and says, look, you'll be okay. Because look, now you get this like cool thing and... It, it'll get better from here. Don't worry. Uh, but the sick person is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. We, yeah, she. Yeah, I, I think. I think actually the person that was providing the most comfort until Max said it's her heart and soul that I that I'm interested in. Um, I think Colson did a better job comforting her compared to uh, Gemma and Mac. Yeah, but they all had different jobs, too. You know, uh, yeah. Gemma, Gemma's job is to provide the care and mm-hmm. to give the information. And, and she did that. And she gave encouragement where she could. Um, Mac did what he did, which we've talk, uh, talked about. And, and Coulson, yeah, I mean, he, he comes in. He has the right, the right words. Um, but she also is practical. And, you know, she's going to listen and say, hey – can you feel anything? And this is where he has to admit, no, I can't. That must be awkward. Cause on occasion your hand has to hit something and it knocks over like a glass on the table or something like that. Yeah. It, yeah. He must have those moments. Uh, but, oh, well. Yeah. So I will say kind of moving away from this, the floating boat I felt goofy at first. Like there, it felt a little goofy and it looked a little goofy. What, what I thought was ridiculous was like, Oh, uh, Colson said, I've never been on a floating ship before. I'm like, yes, you have plenty of times. They're called airplanes. No, it's called the helicarrier. I know. And then yeah. there's also the helicarrier too. Come on, man. Don't, don't be such a dork. Come on. You so have been on floating, like flying ships before. Come on. <sighs> the guy's been in a spaceship. He's when been I, in the future and he's amazed by this. Huh. I, I wasn't buying that. <laughs> so I had, 
I have two things about the floating ship. One, it's very, it seems like it's very comic book E, right? It seems mm-hmm. like it fits right into that thing that comic books do, which is the grandiose and the weird. Two, I sure hope that was over water. It was. You could see it was. Okay. And that's because why I nobody would... could find it. Was It's just out in the middle of the ocean, floating in the clouds. No one's looking for it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it still was above water. So it was. So are we thinking that it didn't move with like the air currents or anything? No, they they brought that up. They they mentioned that they were going to try. They were going to look at the weather patterns from the day that of that storm to try and predict where to find it based on where it would have gotten moved around. Yeah, two or three years ago, and I'm thinking in the meantime, eventually that ship had to have moved over land in civilizations. Maybe. So, yeah. Maybe. And here all. And all I can hear is Nick Fury going, where's the sun? Put it on your left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, the other thing though, is it was found. Um, Yes, it was. And, and so general Hale has all the gravitonium except for this little bit that was there. Uh, And they left sleeper robots, which, okay. That was interesting. Uh, how long have they had the technology to make these robots? And so I think these robots predate um, LMDs. But I might be wrong. Yeah, but, but I don't I'm think not. they function the same way as LMDs. Oh, not quite, no. But they they could. I mean, they, that's the kind of thing you follow up on that technology and, and you're looking at. Eventually, they're going to have their own LMD technology. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to want to make a shield around the world, too. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so who else do we have here? What else do we have here? Coulson. Um, that doesn't sound like they want to let him die. But he's okay with dying. But he is yeah. okay with dying. And he doesn't want to go through the Tahiti thing again. Yeah, or but something they don't like want it. him to die, and he's saying, no, it's okay. That's rather selfish on the team's part if they don't want him to die. I mean, mm, uh, yes, technically speaking, that is selfish on their part, but also yeah. totally understandable. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big a big part of life is not wanting anyone in your life to leave your life. Because... You want them in your life. That's right. well, there's there's your meme for the week. A big <laughs> part of life is not wanting anyone to leave your life because you want them in your life. Yeah, but when you know someone is sick and dying and it takes years, after a certain point you it's it's not some you don't want them to keep living too long because then you see that they're suffering too much. And you can see that passing on would be better for them because they would no longer be in pain anymore. And obviously, Coulson is beginning to start feeling that pain that is he's feeling from the necrosis that's going on in his chest. Yeah, I think the difference is they're not looking for a way just to extend life. They're looking for a way to stop this and and to get him back. And... 
I don't know what's going to end up happening, but I, I think that that's what they're looking for is they want to find a way to heal him rather than to just let him die. Which Yo-Yo, future Yo-Yo warned present Yo-Yo. That's let him die. Yeah. That's what causes yeah. this to happen. Yeah. And Yo-Yo present Yo-Yo needs to articulate that to everybody else. I, so. Yeah. Yeah. Present Yo-Yo has a lot going on right now, though. And that's what's hindering her from saying that. Because I think if, if present Yo-Yo had her arms and she was okay, I think she'd turn to everybody and say, guys, we need to let him die because future Yo-Yo told me this. Well, we'll see. This, this I mean, it gets into yeah. sticky territory here. I mean, this is... Again, he he, of course, he took away the choice from from Daisy. So maybe turnabout is fair play for her to take away the choice from him. But uh, yeah, I mean, because she's basically doing the same thing he did for her. She said, "Leave me behind, so I can you know basically die here." And he said, "No," and and took her anyway and said, "I need you. I need you by my side. I need you alive here." And she's saying, "I, I I'm not going to let you die." And he's saying, no, you need to. And I, for me, it's the kind of thing for where there's, where there's life, there's hope, right? And so while he's alive, if they can look for a cure and find a cure, um, it, would he, if they have a cure and they're standing there with it, would he tell them, no, don't give it to me? And I, I don't think he would if they were going to actually cure him of what the, what was what the problem was but if they're just yeah. going to ex- if they're just going to extend his life and he's just going to like be in this kind of a constant state of dying well that's a different thing altogether yeah but if extending or saving his life is what causes it, the domino effect to occur for the earth to shatter then i think he would say no let me die I think at that point he would he would try to figure out a way to to have his cake and eat it too. I mean, he's a pretty resourceful guy who when presented with something good at the expense of something bad, he's going to try to do both. That's what Colson does. He, he looks for yeah, a way. But, he looks yeah, for a way. Yeah, but he he's also made peace with the fact that he is dying too. Mhm. Here's the thing. He has already gone through the all the stages of of dying. He's gotten to the acceptance stage. And to everybody else, they're still kind of dealing with the shock and denial of he's dying. He's on Colson's on stage five of of this the state five stages of death. Everybody's still on stage one, or actually no, they're on stage two because they're bargaining. Yep. Yeah. And he he needs to be he needs to be aware of that, and and they need to be aware of the other side of it with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just so everybody knows, not all of those stages come in order, and sometimes you can jump back and forth and go back to different stages. Yeah, just to put that out there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're still dealing with it, and he's like, I'm done dealing with it i'm over it i'm okay now i'm okay with dying so yeah 
Well, anything else before we move into uh, the next segment? We did see Apollo Creed talking with uh, <laughs> Werner Strucker, which I guess they're building their own Sinister Six. Yeah, but they only have one. Like that when they when she said, "Come and see what we have," and it's like, "Oh, we've got a weight room with robots and and Creed, or right? Creel, not Creed." Well, not, um, yeah, yes, I, yeah. I was about to say because because Apollo Creed Junior is in Black Panther, so. <laughs> That's a little odd. <laughs> yeah. No, but they have, they have Crusher Creel or whatever his name is. And, right. And that was it. Like I, I was thinking, oh, hey, maybe we'll get another uh, cameo or two from the past. Yeah. Well, who's going to be in there? Nope. No, but nobody. <laughs> yeah. All things considered, though, this was a very solid episode. And I felt like it was a good episode, kind of hearkening back to, um, the original style, you know, and, and we, we, we have a mission. We have to do the mission. We have interpersonal stuff that we're dealing with as we do the mission. And there's bad guys who are building their plan in the background as we go about it. Yes. I, this, this pod of episodes, this, this sort of little arc is coming out to be very good. I do, I do enjoy it. Yeah. Of course. That's what we do in agents of shield. We, we set it up an arc and then and then we develop it and it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, uh, with that said, um, let's see. Uh, what time is it? Hammer no. time. Yeah, that's right. It's hammer time. <laughs> Shield field report. All right, we're just going to jump right into this because there's a lot to jump into. So first, from uh, Agent Dylan, subject line is the real deal, Principia and Infinity War theories. Agents, look, I know you were comparing the fear dimension to the cracks in time, but I personally thought it resembled something else, something a bit closer to home. Zero matter. The scene where Coulson confronted it in particular reminded me of the Hollywood ending finale of the second season of Agent Carter, still holding out on a third, even if just as a comic. And with Cloak and Dagger coming up, reminding the viewers of Zero Matter seems right. As for the monoliths, the space monolith was destroyed in season three, and the MCU wiki is treating the gray monolith in the lighthouse as its own entity. That makes four monoliths we have seen, including space and time. Assuming they are indeed connecting to the Infinity Stones, this is Ben jumping in and inserting and saying, I, I don't think they are, but um, we'll continue the train of thought. He says, I would say it's safe to say that the other two are reality and mind, since the fear dimension seems to be pulling from people's memories and fears about the future to create these projections. To me, time plus mind plus reality equals fear dimension. I shudder to think what could have happened if the space monolith had been caught in the explosion. But this leaves one question. If the monoliths are connected to the Infinity Gems, what are the other two? Presumably power and soul monoliths? And for that matter, where is the soul gem? One theory I've seen is that it's Tony's arc reactor from Iron Man 2, and this is why Loki's scepter did not work on him. One reason people use is that one reason people use is that on the Infinity War posters highlighting the gems, Cap is on the space gem, Thor is on the reality gem, Vision is on the mind gem, Star Lord is on the power gem, Doctor Strange is on the time gem, and on the soul gem, Iron Man. But Tony wasn't the only character to, de to debut in an Iron Man movie. So was our favorite Spy Dad. 
future yo-yo said that to save the world colson must die and well let's just assume that the bad future from uh from 5a was because of thanos for a second heck gamera said that not gamera that's, Gamora. that's a giant turtle. Gamora <laughs> said that Thanos would be able to destroy half the universe at the uh, snap of a finger. Remind me, how much of the world got blown up? In the last day, Coulson was not present in the flashbacks. He just wasn't. Where was he if his death was to, would save the world? I'll tell you. In a glove. <laughs> <laughs> so Coulson is the, the soul gem. Uh, we assume we haven't met Cassius's father, but you know what they say about assuming. I'm actually wondering if Cassius isn't adopted. He and Falnak look nothing alike, and I think I know why. They are children of Thanos. I mean, why else would they be sent to oversee the Earth? They seem to be played up as this family that has conquered so much, but we never see the rest. At least on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'll say I like that theory. They talk about the world cracking, the father coming... Uh, yeah. Okay. Back to the email. Phil surviving his Ghost Rider induced Tahiti rehearse, reversal would mean that he would be alive for Infinity War. And what better way to bring him back to the movies? Everything we saw relating to the spirit of vengeance was associated with a color orange. Ghost Rider's flames. Ophelia's laser light show portal. No, I'm not saying the Dark Hold is the soul gem. That would be ridiculous. It's made out of paper, leather, and ink, and apparently dark matter from hell. But I digress. What I'm saying is the soul gem could be connected to the spirit of vengeance and have been put inside Coulson. Now, yes, release dates were changed, and yes, there's some overlap, but we don't know when Coulson's going to leave. We still only have one title for April and no synopsis. Not to mention, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. airing on Fridays this year, they may have been planning on the fact that the movie would have been released on Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. night. Heck, we don't even know when they arrived in relation to when Infinity War takes place. Black Panther takes place right after Civil War, for crying out loud. Speaking of when... I have attached what I believe to be the MCU timeline based on all kinds of resources. I don't have everything filled in, mainly Netflix, uh, 5B, and Runaways, but it's there. Hopefully, you can figure out my abbreviations. (laughs) And um, I haven't had a chance to really dig deep into this, but um, yeah, there's you can go crazy looking at timelines for the MCU. There's so much stuff referenced in the shows, especially agents of shield, like from deep history that it gets a little crazy. Anyway, back, back to the actual email. That was, that was me on a lighter note. Nice to see that they have that chunk of the time monolith. Deke sure lingered on it. Didn't he away home? Perhaps also, it would have been nice to see Werner in the recap. So I wouldn't be wondering who the heck is this guy that looks more like Max friend than Baron von Strucker. And um, Ruby, I'm getting this feeling she may not be General Hale's real daughter. But man, those two remind me of Dr. Brenner and Eleven. At the very least, I think Ruby's dad is still alive and probably someone important. Wait, what if he's Max's friend? Agent Dylan signing off. P.S. If Coulson does show up in Infinity War, I expect an exchange along the lines of the following. Tony, Phil, what are you doing here? Phil, it's a long story, one that would take over 100 hours to tell. (laughs) Steve to Tony, welcome to Level 7. Uh, PPS, how great would it be if at the end of Infinity War, when it says the Avengers will return in, insert reveal of Avengers 4 title here, it also said Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will return in in a sixth season. Then we can have a movie post-Avengers 4 where they get Phil back. 
So awesome. Okay, there's some crazy theories going on there, but the idea of Cassius's father being Thanos. You remember what he said? Like, if they lose, they have to fight to the death. And like some of the stuff he was saying about his father does go along with some of the stuff that Gamora, not Gamora, Gamora said uh, about her father. So I think we've talked about the possibility that Cassius's father could be Thanos. I don't know if we talked about his actual father being Thanos. Maybe we did. I don't remember. I it. seem to recall that, but um, or I at least maybe not on re- recording, but I remember thinking it at least. I'm sh- it might be in my notes. I don't know, but um, yeah, I do remember thinking that Cassius uh, could be Thanos's child. It, you know, at least adopted, yeah. if not actual. So thank you, Dylan, for yes, um, thank you for your wonderful email and um, welcome to the non Eeyore side of this conversation. So thank you very much for being here. If, if Coulson becomes a soul stone, which is a theory I've had for a long time. Yeah. I'm going to literally stand up in the theater and and cheer. I I will do that. That will happen. I'll probably get escorted out. No, you will not because (laughs) yeah, not for that. You, everybody else will be standing up and cheering too. Yeah, you will not be escorted out for that. No, no way. No way. What if Ghost Rider is the Soul Stone? I mean, I, this this is nice and all. I, I'm still... Occam's Razor says the Soul Stone was in the meteor from Black Panther. Okay. That that fell. Uh, Occam's Razor talks to me all the time. And, okay. and, and And that's what it, he just told me just now. So you, Does he you tell you Occam- jokes? <laughs> yeah but they're really simple <laughs> you know, Occam's Razor's jokes are just like why the chicken cross the road do you get to the other side knock knock who's Duh. there me you know I mean, it's just yeah <laughs> you're like Occam these aren't funny yeah and Occam just says well it's his razor but his, Occam's razor just tells me yeah, it doesn't have to be funny it just has to be simple and true so so Occam's standing there and he's got this he's looking in the mirror and he's got this razor and the razor's actually the one talking to you. Yeah, uh, and Occam is just like I, I can't shave with that thing anymore cuz it keeps talking. <laughs> so, uh okay, so Stuart, you oh, have it's a bunch of dad jokes. <laughs> so that's all we've been saying for the past 5 minutes. Yeah, Stuart, know, okay. Stuart we we <laughs> need to get on oh, subject line random thoughts on the season far, so far on Black Panther from Agent Hank go. Well, agents, if this has to be the final season, it is going to go out on a very satisfying high note. The pod model seems to be working very well in keeping the story moving and not lagging much, if at all. Moving from space future back to the present and the new threat in General Hale and her team. I liked the menace of Cassius and his Kree enforcers, but I never understood Sonara's motivations. She's a warrior in the traditional Kree mode. As such, I see her as supporting the traditional values of battle and honor and so forth. So for her to gravitate to Cassius, who avoided direct battle and confrontation, when Cassius's brother offers her advancement, she turns on him instead. This doesn't really ring true. Why not take the direct path to glory rather than taking a chance and popping up eventually a con artist who is all too willing to sacrifice her if it advances his agenda. Why would he do this? Love, we are never shown that the that this is even a thing in Cree society before. So why would we accept this? That bothered me. 
That said, I was all set to jump on the parallels between the monoliths and the Infinity Stone. Ooh, look at that. Until your most recent episode where you discussed this. As I was listening, the thought occurred to me that perhaps this is a misdirect. The showrunners may well have been playing a joke on the audience, leading them to parse this in this way. There's a space travel monolith and a time travel monolith, so this equates to space and time zones, respectively. Then we see three more, so that now makes five. So it would be very easy to see this, to see where this is going. But then they destroy the three in that in the explosion in the storage arena, storage area. So no more Infinity Stone parallels, right? Except that we only saw five monoliths. So if there really is a parallel, there's one more out there. Could it be a stone that will grant Coulson restored life without the horrors of Tahiti? It's a magical place. That said, if, if we really are witnessing the final season play out, then I can totally see Ben's prediction coming true. It can be done well, as it has been in shows like Leverage and Burn Notice, so I'm not terribly worried. The writing has been really, really, really good and keeps getting better. Now on to Black Panther. This is the absolute best non-Captain America Marvel movie. I'm actually teetering on the edge of saying it may be the best one, period. I love the visuals and and how Ryan Coogler did an amazing job of showing and not telling. One way he did that specifically is in the way the two leads interacted with the ancestral plane. T'Challa is connected with all of his ancestors on an endless plane in Wakanda with a wide open sky while Killmonger enters a plane. He only interacts with his father in the confined spaces of his apartment in Oakland. However, if you look out of the apartment windows, you can see the Wakandan plane in sky. For me, the implication is that because T'Challa is connected to his family and his home and culture there, he is unfettered to make his own path with the guidance and inspiration of those who have gone before. Killmonger is therefore limited because he has been cut off from his own, from his family, except his father and his heritage. And as such, he is trapped in a claustrophobic destiny. His conversation with his father seems likewise hemmed in, making it all the more heartbreaking. I'm currently working my way through The Punisher on Netflix and hoping to take on season two of Jessica Jones. I think that Marvel is setting a very high standard for quality of screen product. DC has a pretty good lock on weekly series with their block on CW and Fox, but I just think that Marvel's level of quality is far and away more consistent and solid. Good stuff. Thank you, Hank. Yeah, um, I, I I really like the the uh, analysis of the the two spirit planes, um, and, which yeah, I didn't get when I watched it. So I I go back to I need to watch that again, and hopefully it'll come out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever before Infinity War. Yeah, uh, but the Infinity Stones and the monoliths. I'm, I'm I'm Eeyore again, but I, there's no connection. I'm gonna. I mean, it's two be different Eeyore things. With you on that. It's two different things. And and I'm gonna be Eeyore with you on that one. I, I don't think that's actually happened. Yeah. All right, uh, Samantha. We have a message from Agent Dallas. Where to start? Episode ninety nine. Just some quick points. Love Deke's fish out of water performance was great. It had me laughing and smiled to see how happy he was to finally experience the world as it was before it, it was destroyed. 
tooth. So Yo-Yo got her arms cut off. How? She has been able to dodge bullets in the past, which has been fa- which has to be faster than a human throwing a chakram. By the way, Nakia had them in Black Panther. Three. That adds the question of, is Ruby an inhuman, but still Yo-Yo should have been able to see it? Four. I like here Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. officially has their own type of stones. So far, space, time, and a possible reality. I... I only say reality because everyone was able to see each other's fears, making it more real than just mental projections. I just wonder what the left monolith was. I think Sam had mentioned something about a different timeline that they went back to. There are small things that place them back to current time. Thor reference, Enoch sending a message, Piper showing up, Hale still looking for them. In episode 100, 1. Love the callback to Daisy being in some orphanage as Matt Murdock. Two, I feel like they, the better callbacks to Lash, Hive, or the Roaches. After 99 episodes, I feel like there are better references to, to bring back. Three, not my finding. There is a blink and miss it scene of a store with a bunch of references. A cello, the red axe used to cut Coulson's hand off, Thor and Hawkeye figure, and plenty more. Four. The only part I teared up on was when Daisy was upset with Coulson after he told the, the team what his deal was with Ghost Rider. I slightly felt like that was the audience in that moment. Five. Deathlock was awesome. Six. I am very happy that Fitz and Simmons got married. Seven. Not surprised about Deke. I had a feeling when he showed up off his version of the framework that he was related some way to Fitz. Thoughts on the future of the show. If there is a season six, I think it will basically be a whole new show with Chloe Bennett as lead. I don't see them keeping Coulson, May, Mac, or Yo-Yo. I think Coulson will die, May retires, and Mac and Yo-Yo leave like they have been talking about for a while now. Fitzsimmons could stay, but I don't see them being nearly as hands-on as they are now. I could see them going as much more superhero team-like show and then shield just being in the background so it could be agents of shield secret warriors and it goes back to where shield is just showing up everywhere in netflix shows tv shows and the films thanks for all the content dallas yeah i i could i would love it if we got to a point where even if there wasn't an agents of shield show we had a group of agents of shield showing up at every you know, in the movies and, and Netflix, you know, give give Punisher the Agents of Shield as his uh, his his main foil in season three of Punisher or something like that. That'd be cool. Do you think if this is the last episode or last season or last yeah the last season of the series, do you think they will try to keep some sort of Marvel presence, MCU presence on ABC? I don't know. It would be nice to see some of these characters show up at Netflix. It, it would be nice. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. It would be very nice. Okay. So this one is subject Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 100 Symbols. And this is from Agent Chuck Wundum. Chuck Wontum. Uh, I'm sorry. But I'm <laughs> Chuck Wontum. Something like that. Uh, can, can we just call him Chuck? I, I don't know. Um, because I, I don't know him, but uh, or or her. Um, the message is this: 
The message is better than my pronunciation of the name. Let's put it that way. First off, episode 100 was amazing. Multiple throwbacks to episode one in the form of Mike Peterson and dwarfs. In this episode, Coulson takes, talks a lot about symbols, Daisy potentially succeed, succeeding him and Fitzsimmons wedding. But an even larger symbol was Mike. In episode one, Phil's team saved Mike from death, and now he finally gets to repay them. And by sheer coincidence, Mike got to live up to Phil's prediction of him on episode one. Another symbol is Deke, as he's both good and bad symbols. Good as he's proof of Fitzsimmons' love, plus he's basically like Trip in the sense that uh, being a hero is literally in his blood. And the bad symbol is that he represents the fact that time hasn't changed because if it did, then that version of him would not be present and the loop would be broken. Any thoughts? And what's with the hooded figure from the beginning of the episode? Perhaps Reyna? Uh, I think the, the hooded figure is, um, is the nun that, yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. And then, uh, later in the episode, um, Daisy talks about being in an orphanage with scary nuns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as the – okay, if they stop this loop from repeating itself, the cycle of failure and, and cycle of the earth exploding, if they stop this cycle, the I think one of two things is going to happen. Uh, one is Deke will just stay and stick around. And if that happens and they know that Deke is their grandchild, they will not have another Deke grandchild. They will have their own children and they will have their own grandchildren. Deke will be a part of their lives, but um, they won't be waiting for Deke to be born because the future is so different. The other thing that can happen is he slowly disappears back to the future style as he's playing a guitar solo for the fish under the sea dance. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Enchantment under the sea dance. <laughs> That's true. That could happen. Yeah. So that's that's my theory. Or, you know, he could just stick around as if he's a character from an alternate universe. Right. So that, he, that's yeah. my first. Yeah. My, my first. Wait, did uh, I miss scenario. that? Maybe okay, it, that, that was where I was talking about how he'll um, he will still be there. They will have a family, but their family will be different. Um than the one that they had in the alternate future. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it would also make sense that if they do get a sixth season, they could bring him back as a, cause he's smart like Fitzsimmons supposedly. Um, he doesn't necessarily have her bedside manner, but that you could, you could get around that. Yeah. So I, I think they could totally bring him in as a secret warrior or something like that. All right. Uh, we got some uh, subject line Black Panther feedback from Agent 084. He says, when I saw Black Panther on opening day, I made the mistake of going to the 3D showing, which gave me a horrible headache. But even <laughs> through the pain, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Finally saw it again a week later in painless 2D, and it got even better. I'd rank it number two, only behind Captain America 3, and only because I personally prefer the team-up dynamic of those movies. Now, if we can get a Spider-Man Homecoming sequel with Black Panther and Shuri coming to New York to help with Kraven the Hunter, that would definitely take the number one spot for me. Make it happen, Marvel. There are some commonly mentioned nitpicks coming from people that I can't help but disagree with. Knowing T'Challa... Nah, 
Knowing T'Challa survives at least to Infinity War did nothing to my experience watching the middle of this film. In my opinion, seeing the other characters around him react to his supposed death and believe it to be so was enough. If you're watching Shuri and Ramonda screaming at their loved one being thrown out of a waterfall and groaning with a meta comment in your head, I think that says more about you than about the story. Same with Nakla and Okia... Okia's heartbreaking scene directly after. Also, I agree that the mid-credits scene felt more like an ending to the movie than a stinger, but the scene that ended the movie was so important and brought the movie full circle in a way that I had that had way more emotional weight than if that UN scene had ended the movie. There's probably more to say, but I feel like I've rambled on more than enough, so I'll already I'll cut it short. Amazing movie, and oh yeah, Killmonger is the best antagonist Marvel has ever done, and while I hate that he was ca- killed off, his death felt right and poetic. Okay, I'm seriously done now. Can't wait to see, to revisit these characters in a few months. And finally, we have a couple of comments from Agent Coco. Um... And also a voicemail from Agent Coco. And so I'm going to go ahead and read these um, because I'm just going to go and read these. (laughs) (laughs) Number one is subject line of Ruby. Uh, And she just says, I really hope they don't make it a habit of sexualizing Ruby. One of the things I love about the show is that all the women characters are not really used in this way. It also feels weird because she is so young. My apologies for the multiple moments of feedback. My question for you is since they seem to be bringing back old characters, who are you hoping to see again? I would like to see the Koenig brothers and their sister and also VJ, the inhuman that got dumped in the ocean. Thanks. And um, we've missed that multiple times. Uh, Gravitron. Uh, I forgot about VJ. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. I totally forgot about VJ. Poor guy. VJ feels like 20 years ago. <laughs> there are so many people oh. that I've forgotten about on this show. Yeah. Oh, Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but Professor Gravitron is one that I would love to see come back. And obviously, um, I want them to revisit somehow Agent Carter. Somehow. It's got to be a way. It's got to be a way. And I'm not being Eeyore about this. I'm saying there's got to be a way. They can do it. Writers, you can well, do it. What about my ending with Coulson dying and seeing Cap and and Peggy Carter? Oh, that's that'd be nice, but I also want to see them solve the mystery of True. the the end of season two there. I want to see them follow yeah. up on that. All right. So also from Agent Coco, she says, subject, the real deal. Hey, friends, hope you're having an awesome week so far. Uh, I apologize in advance for this dissertation. I try to be succinct, as succinct as possible, but I, I felt so many feelings watching this one and just felt the need to share. This show is like my this is us. It gives me the feels in a major way. This is definitely one of my favorites of the whole series. I thought it was an excellent outside of a few, very few nitpicks. I would say it was pretty much perfect. I really love how the writers are always giving us these subtle hints around characters and plot. See, like seeing that nun in the very first scene and then having Daisy mention being raised by mean, scary nuns was really cute. They also have been giving us clues about Deke being Fitzsimmons' grandson since we met him, but it was an awesome reveal. Miss Chloe Bennett acted her whole face off in this one. I think I cried a bucket of tears during her scene with Phil. Mac, the loyal protector, is basically my dream man. He is a gorgeous, tender giant. And the way he smacked that LMD off of Yo-Yo was as if to say, no one is ever going to hurt my Yo-Yo again. That lone tear Gemma wiped off her face and my ever strong and stoic Mama May, Lissai, so good. 
This cast has amazing chemistry with each other, and it feels like they are a true team and family. Phil's fear about being trapped in a nightmare dream made a lot of sense, considering all they've been through. Uh, bringing Mike in was a nice way to dial us back to day one. He represents part of what brought the team together. I'm so glad we didn't see Ward, because no one should be afraid of him. But what about Ada or Reyna? would have been cool to see them again. Deke has definitely grown on me. I now have to forgive him for giving Daisy up to Cassius because he came off because he came through like a champ. I could watch that Deathlock flip fight scene a billion times, and the wedding was just beautiful. I think it's weird for them to say Deke is afraid of forests after he hugged a tree last week, but it gave a nice backdrop for the nuptials. I have this feeling that Fitz still has a bit of Hydra in him, the way he was quick to suggest sacrificing Piper, and then saying he doesn't deserve Gemma meant something, I think. I am looking forward to the scene where Fitzsimmons figures out who Deke is. My confusion is Gemma dies in the future, but we never saw her daughter, who grows up to be Deke's mom, in the past future scenes, and she's not mentioned. Weird. That actually was revealed in this episode. <clears throat> uh, would have been nice to see uh, see Joey in that slow-mo scene. If this is truly the end, they are going out on a high note, showing much love for their fans through this work. Wishing you a wonderful day. Thanks for the great podcast. Agent Coco out. But actually, Agent Coco is not out because we have a recording from her that we're going to play in just a moment. But um, yeah, lots of thoughts there. Any um, acting her whole face off, I think, is uh, probably a, a new level of of judgment to give to a great performance. Yeah. yeah. That's like the level seven of performance judge- judgments. And then comparing that episode to This Is Us. I can't. So, so I'm wondering from Agent Coco, did she prepare with like 10 boxes of tissues like I do with almost every episode of This Is Us? The, the silence that you're hearing right now is is from someone who is just going to trust you on that. Okay. I I hope Agent Coco answered you in in <laughs> During the that way silence. that you do. Yeah, the way yeah. that you do when you're listening to podcasts. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go to Agent Coco's uh, audio feedback now. Hey guys, it's Agent Coco calling. Hope you had a good week. So this was a pretty good episode for me. Not as dramatic and exciting as the last one, but still pretty good. Moving stories, moving along. Um, not really excited about seeing the Von Strucker kid again. Uh, wasn't really feeling that character back season two or whenever we met him the first time. and But I remember S.H.I.E.L.D. saving him, so I don't see why he would see them as the enemy, but I feel like they saved him from being tortured by Ward. I think that was a scene that happened, but... Yeah, so now him and Ruby and Hale are going to be working together, and that's weird. I don't know what her plan is, but I don't like her using her daughter to seduce. That scene was kind of awkward to watch because I'm not really sure how old she's supposed to be. That was really kind of gross, but her mom is evil. 
So I guess that's what evil moms do. They use their daughters to do creepy things. And Mac is amazing as always. He's like the dream man. Really supportive. Really loving. Yo-Yo, my favorite character. So sad. And, you know, but still strong-spirited. Um, yeah, these are my rambles. <laughs> I don't trust the candy man. Something about him seems off. I don't know what it is just yet, but that whole situation was felt a little bit too simple, and things are never simple on this show. There's always a catch when people are super, like, on it. Um, what else? My favorite scene was when Gemma found Yo-Yo on the floor and kind of helped her get up. And, and then Deke came and saw her. And then she said that same thing that his mom said and the look on his face. That was a really nice moment. And I'm just really, really cool with Deke now. You know, he's a lot smarter then everyone gives him credit for. He's actually super, super smart. Another shout-out to the fans with that whole Simmons-Fitz line. Fitzsimmons, they know they're Fitzsimmons. So my concerns. Why hasn't Yo-Yo told anyone about how Phil is supposed to die? That's one. Second concern, that robot that Mac brought back, which is a really loving romantic gesture, but I feel like there might be a tracking device in it. So now Hale's going to know where they are. And my third concern, which is not, not really a huge concern, is, like, May is now smiling all the time. So I feel like she's losing her edge. And she has a beautiful smile, but I'm not really sure how I feel about her character not being this, like, super awesome, like, kind of stoic, can't-take-no-prisoners uh, fighter. So... You know, I love May, and they're really softening her character, and that feels weird, but I'm going along with it. So, yeah, I think that's it. Um, thanks so much for the great podcast, and I'm just calling in because it's a little bit easier than writing an email, and I'm not really sure when emails are due because the one from last week, I think I sent it in too late. Okay, that's it. Thanks. Bye. Have a great week. Uh, okay, so as far as when emails are due, um, that's a little bit hard to answer. It's but the same time that the voicemails are due, um, which is before we record, which is different every week. So there's that. Um, yeah. Uh, the reason the reason you think uh, you're a little worried about Candyman is because he's Jake Busey. <laughs> he's a cool guy. He's a cool uh, guy. In this he's he, he's yeah. a cool guy, but he's still Jake Busey. He's still creepy creeperson. So, you know, you, I, I, Agent Coco, you're a very smart person. That's I thought the say. same thing. I am t- I am open to either him turning out to be a bad guy or him just continuing to be a buddy. So, yeah. yeah he, he's no John Garrett, though, okay? I, I like was going to say. He, he's, he's not the guy who says, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll help you with my gun. You know, I, like he, he's not doing that. He, he he's, no, he's, he's a cool guy. He's a good guy. Uh, <laughs> I trust him. 
I trust right, him completely. Do I, I do. Um, yeah, and and as we said, you know, I everyone needs like a Coulson in your life. But I'm saying to you right now, listeners, I'm saying to you, Coco, be the Mac. You gotta be the Mac for someone. That's all. That's, you be the Mac. I'm not gonna say you need a Mac in your life. You do. It's good to have a Mac in your life. But be the Mac. That's my encouragement. Yo. Amen. Are you t- are you talking like like a Big Mac? No, no. You've got to be oh. the Mac Hammer. But, be the Mac Hammer, but not <laughs> not like the way that he was when he was hanging out with Candyman, but the way he is now when he's mm. bringing robots to 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 Yo Yo. So Ben is too legit to quit with this one. <laughs> ben is too legit to quit. That does hey. remind me. Uh, do you know what time it is? It's getting late. Yeah, but it's uh it's 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 hammer time. It's also time to hear from Daniel Butcher. Uh Agents of Shield. When we find out we have interesting play dates as children. Very nice. I don't know. I'm just not necessarily feeling it. I was sure there's moments of ten and I was excited to find out about the discovering who Grandma and Grandpa was. I mean, that was cool. It was kind of cool to see Fitz kind of being like, get off my lawn, grandson, because the thing is, totally doing stuff felt like Grandpa to me. Would you get out of my workroom? But, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad we made it to 101 episodes. But I just... I don't know what it is. Why I'm, I'll be honest. I got really sick like a week ago. And I just, I haven't mentally been back since. Maybe that's it. But, you know, I'd like to be, I'd like to be tense. I would. I mean, grab I mean, I got floating ships. I'm just not, a little tense, a little tense. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. I mean. Ooh, I do love uh, uh, Jake Busey on this episode. He did crack me up. Uh, we're going to... Uh, Matt Texan definitely have to stay for a while, I think. All right, well... I guess I need to just figure out a way to cheer myself up. Come on, Daniel. Deadly Agent Sheila. Who's Eeyore now? Huh? It's not me. <laughs> I, I got it. Yes, it is. Okay. It is still me. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Daniel, Daniel <laughs> can be Eeyore too. That's true. Daniel yeah. can be Eeyore too. So how, how are you going to cheer up Daniel? Here's how you need, here's what it's going to take to cheer you up. Don't be like me, Daniel. <laughs> Don't be like me. Um, you know yeah. what cheer you up, Daniel? Coming on next week's episode and talking to us about it. That's what we're cheering yeah. you up. <laughs> well, I think we'll at least try and get him in. If this is the final season, I, I'm going to push hard for him to jump in on the final episode of the final season. We'll see if it works out, but I'm going to push hard for that. If it's not, I'm not going to bother. But um, <laughs> Well, the problem is you're not going to know until they renew it. Right. But we'll know before that episode. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Hey, we got one more feedback, and this is from a friend across the pond, uh, Mark 
and he is writing in or calling in because he's so happy that finally Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is airing over there. Like we had to wait, but they had to wait longer to get the actual show. So here it is from Agent Mark. This is Mark and Shard, stuck in the future of your past, stuck way in the future where the Earth has been destroyed and the only signals coming out are Welcome to Level 7 and reruns of Friends TV show. Sorry, we're trying to make the signal work. I can't get the signal through at all. I can't get it through. You push that button. What, that button? Yeah, the green one. Okay. Oh, that works well. Oh, yes, that's a lot clearer. Oh, hello. I'm hello. Ma- I'm Mark Adams from uh, the Mark's Mess podcast. And I'm Charlotte Adams from the Charlotte Adams podcast. It's not a Charlotte Adams podcast. Anyway, we are in the UK and we are just watched episode three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season five. And we think it's really, really good. While you're on episode, I don't know what episode you are on, we're still stuck here in the past of your future. So Charlotte, what do you think of it so far? That's good. I think it's really movie-like. It feels that epic. So what's been your favourite bit so far? Probably the little girl, Abigail. The one with the phasing powers. Yeah. Yeah, that that was good. That was fine. What did you think of the violence in it? There's been a couple of really violent scenes. You're 14. There was a bit where she stuck her hand in someone else. It was all gory. And the previous episode, there were the balls going into the man's head. That's weird. That's weird. Did it freak you out? No, really. Because you watch it in the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> I watch it the night before. But I want to see more Fitz. What do you think Fitz is doing in the past of our futural thingy? Anyway. Panicking panicking you think he's panicking i think he could still be alive as an old man on earth because we don't know how forward we are in time okay and uh, anything else you'd like to say the abigail girl she reminded me of is it kitty pride kitty pride indeed yeah because the phasing powers but also a lot more of vision because vision could be able to be hard as diamond that type of thing but diamond hard Diamond is very hard. Okay. What do you think of the knockoff Star-Lord guy? It kind of looks like Star-Lord, but he kind of doesn't. Who's your favourite new character? There hasn't been that many new characters. Well, there's been uh, the Cree. The you have the, the boss Cree, who's quite slimy. His sort of PA of pain-making, who is the woman with the, the worry balls. There's been the guy in the first episode who got killed very quickly. There has been the girl who's on the pilot one on the the spaceship and uh, there's been a few others my favorite is the owner older guy who's the owner of a lot of these people who they work to why because i think he's an interesting character he could change around to be quite an ally if they work it right do you you think they're going to get back in time i don't know do you think they're going to get back in time for age of ultron I don't know. I don't think they will. Do you think that Daisy caused the Earth to break up? No. No. How, what do you think actually happened? Well, a giant thingamajiggy hit the Earth. A giant thingamajiggy hit the Earth? What? A meteorite. A meteorite hit the Earth. We watched a video of how that would happen in physics. Scary. Basically, the meteorite hits and then a wave of water destroys the land and then a wave of like fire or lava destroys it and it literally lifts up the islands or lifts lifts up the land so we saw Japan being lifted up and just went that's scary so even if you're on the complete other side you'll die okay right anyway guys thank you very much for doing your podcast it really helps me have somebody decent to talk to who won't talk about the destruction of japan uh, afterwards and to, to listen to uh, to you guys and your intelligent stuff so keep putting out these podcasts and we'll keep watching agents of shield only 
in the past. Or the future of the past. Or the future of the past of the past. Yes. Bye. Bye. Ah, <laughs> so Charlotte, growing up right before my ears, um, I remember when you were just a, a, a wee, a wee lass, um, in my ears that had a, a younger voice. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, check out Mark's Mess podcast. He does a lot of cool stuff with with comic book stuff, but also he does some history stuff that has to do with his his family. And yeah. And uh, thank you. And. Yes, I think we will find out it was a thingamajig that destroyed the Earth. Yes. <laughs> by, by the time you hear this podcast, you'll know the thingamajig, what it is. Maybe. Maybe. Time travel is hard. So. It's, wait, so it's the, they're in the past, but they're watching the future. They're in the present, but they're watching our past, but it's their future. Okay. Or something to that effect, yes. Okay. So, but yes, uh, Mark Smith's podcast is really, really good, and it, yeah, it, it's one of my favorites that I have on my um, my podcast catcher app. Yes. Yeah. So, thank you, and I'm excited to see what you think about what happens because we know the answers to the questions you were asking, some of them, and and now you. By the time you listen to this episode, will so, yeah. All right, uh, it's time to wrap this episode up. So, um, uh, Samantha, I, I just I want to say to everyone, thank you for listening, and please let us know what you think about these episodes and about our crazy theories or our not so crazy theories. Some of our listeners' crazy theories are the monoliths and the Infinity Stones related. What do you think? Let us know. Um. Stuart, Samantha, I think, has has a final word. So, Stuart, do you have any, anything to add? No, I don't think those monoliths are connected to the Infinity Stones. Okay, so Stuart just answered <laughs> for you, listener. Um, no, no, I answered for me. Okay. You answer for you. All right, all right, all right. Um, yeah. All right, Samantha, any final words? Uh, yes, thank you for listening. And... I'm tired. Why am I tired? It's not to do with this being the middle of the night while we were, are recording. It's because there's another baby coming into my family and we're so excited and I am helping to organize the baby shower. There's so much stuff at my house. I have been running around all day long, every day for the past couple weeks. Oh, man, there's decorations and onesies and little socks and rubber duckies and bathing paraphernalia and toys. And holy moly, you guys see this all the time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. 
You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Samantha, that that wasn't a bad one, but there was a couple really good closing quote worthy uh, quotes from this episode. Like Stuart, did you have any? I had, yeah. I had, a, I had a couple. I, you know what? Let's just for our post credit, let's just do potential endings. So, go ahead, Stuart. What, what, what's yours? So, so I was, uh, I was reminded that Daniel keeps sending in these voicemails. He never stops. It's like somebody let in Scrappy Doo. Okay, uh, that that was good too, Stuart. Here, here's mine. But Samantha, I need your help. Can you help me with this one? Uh-oh. Okay. Sure. I, I just need you to, to please uh, just tell me to do something. Okay. Just just ask me to do something. I, I, ask me to help you with a baby shower thing or something. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Hey Ben. Uh, so can you give me some advice about baby showers or help me with it? Uh, no, you need to be more forceful. Give me more forceful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go forceful. Go. Be, 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 here we go. Okay. <clears throat> I'm ready. Ben, I really need some help with this baby shower. Listen, lady cakes. I take orders from two people, nobody and not you. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. That was a very rude one. Um, Samantha. So we, we need to end on something less rude. So let's let's end on this one. Um, here we go. Hey guys, you know what time it is? <laughs> Say it. Hammer time. <laughs> so, <laughs> ben, Ben, that yeah. was too legit. We should quit. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. <laughs>